Welcome to Sky Women. I'm your host, Dr. Carolyn Moyers, a wife, mom, and board-certified OB-GYN. This is a place to educate, empower, and inspire. Join us each week as we share the power of women's stories. Real women, real stories, real inspiration. Put on your stretchy pants. Let's get going. Welcome, Sky community. Welcome back to another episode. Today, I have with me Becky Allen, who is a doctor of physical therapy. And if you don't know this gal, you need to go follow her on social. She is the founder and CEO of Genesis PT and Wellness, which is has grown like wildfire in the last couple of years across the Dallas-Fort Worth um, area and is one of my favorite places to refer to for pelvic floor physical therapy if you're in Fort Worth, or I've even sent my sister to the Dallas location. So (laughs) I I tend to refer to you guys all the time, but your passion and realizing this gap in the whole in women's healthcare is really inspiring, Becky. I'm so happy to have you with us today. Thank you for joining me. Yay. I am so excited to be here and thank you for asking me to come on. And this is my favorite topic ever. So I'm excited. Yeah. Well, I am slightly obsessed with the pelvic floor. Often other physicians have me on to talk about it. And so I feel like I collaborate a lot with pelvic floor PT. I don't know, but in my early years, I wanted to be a physical therapist and then later decided to transition to becoming a doctor. So I think it's really interesting that I work with the pelvic floor all the time as a gynecologist. Yes. (laughs) Best of both worlds. Yeah. Best of both worlds. So the reason I asked you on is because I constantly see posts about basically say no to kegels. And so we want to talk about this in detail because we need to know what do we do for our pelvic floor, whether pregnancy, postpartum, or in this perimenopause, menopausal transition, so many women have not rehabbed their pelvic floor from their birthing years, right? And then also we have a large majority of women who are at the height of their career, they're extremely stressed. Mm-hmm. They're clenching their jaw. They're clenching their pelvic floor unknowingly. And they're coming to me wondering why they have such intense pelvic pain. Yeah. And I've had two patients recently who have graduated from PT with you guys. And I'm so excited about Yay. this because the relief that they experience is dramatic. Awesome. That is lovely to hear. I always love good reviews, right? But yeah, let's talk about the Kegels because I feel like there's kind of three camps of providers or people when it comes to this. It's you have the ones that say, yes, kegels, yes, they're necessary. Yes, they're a vital part of the pelvic floor function. Then you have the ones that say, absolutely not. They're harmful. They're going to make it worse. No, they're bad. They're the devil. And then you have the third one that says, They're pretty much unnecessary. They're not necessarily going to harm you. Don't be afraid, but we can do better. And Mm -hmm. I would say Genesis falls in number three. So we are not here to scare people of like away from Kegels because they're somehow going to horribly increase their pain or they're leaking. The last thing we want to do is increase someone's fear and anxiety around muscles in the body. So what we subscribe to is frankly, there's just better things that we can be doing to rehab the pelvic floor because of how the pelvic floor works. So it actually, even though it has what we call voluntary control, meaning Mm -hmm. we can tell it, contract, relax, just Mm -hmm. like we could contract our bicep, relax our bicep. We can do that to the pelvic floor. However, 
when we go about our daily life and we pick up a kiddo or we go exercise or go for a walk or a run, that's not how the pelvic floor works. So it, no. we don't stay, please relax, please relax with every step we take. Right. So knowing that we know how to train the pelvic floor to be responsive and anticipatory, which is how it wants to function anyways. So that's just very high level what I mean when we kind of have said no to Kegels. It's not Mm because they're the devil. It's because there's a better way. Okay. So for somebody who's listening to this and going, wait, come again, what are Kegels? Can you describe that? Yes. Yeah. So all it is, if you think of your pelvic floor muscles, there are like a sling or a hammock of a group of muscles that live at the bottom of our pelvis and they span. Oh, great. You got your model out. They span. Did, but the every... pelvic floor muscles just fell out. Oh, no, no. Uh, they're going to have some prolapse. They span from go. all the bones. There we go. You can see they go from the sits bones up to the pubic bone, back to the tailbone. They kind of span the whole thing like a diamond. And what they do is they sit there like a hammock and they hold the organs. They hold kind of the fluid that lives in there. They help manage the pressures that comes with a sneeze or a laugh or jumping when you're doing box jumps or whatever it may be. So picture those muscles there. And all a Kegel is a squeeze and a lift of that group of muscles. And that's it. And so it's just a squeeze and a lift. Now, I always say what goes up must come down. So technically, the definition of a Kegel is just the squeeze and a lift. It doesn't put any emphasis on the relaxation. Let it go. Let it go. Unplinch, right? So that's kind of where people get into the fieriness of, of the Kegel is it really is just that squeeze and a lift. And people always think, okay, so squeeze, squeeze, that must be strengthening it when Functionally, that's not actually going to do anything beneficial, especially for the long term. <laughs> yeah. So, talk to us about what then you have found is most beneficial for mm-hmm. basically training for life. How do we train this yeah. pelvic floor? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, the pelvic floor muscles should function like a trampoline. So, think of you jump on that trampoline with your kiddos, or you go to a trampoline park, or like whatever it is. When you land on the trampoline, the fibers of the trampoline, they lengthen and stretch and they're elastic. And then they go whoop and they lift you back up and you jump back up. So that's how the pelvic floor should work. So to train it that way, we have to be able to teach those muscles to have length in them. So that's where the the kegels aren't going to help you because you're just tightening and shortening them. Right. Right. So they have to be able to lengthen in like a stretchy kind of force absorbing way, if that makes sense. And they got to come back up, but they got to do it. No one's telling the trampoline, okay, lift, right. The trampoline got stretched. And because of that pressure and that force that it's absorbing, it's going to just come back up automatically. Same with the pelvic floor. So where we start with literally a hundred percent of our patients, no exception is diaphragmatic breathing. And Mm. you're, I wonder if people are going to be like, wait, what we're in the pelvis. And now you're telling me just breathe. Mm. And honestly, yes, but it's more complicated than that. So what's pretty cool about our human bodies is that trampoline at the bottom of our pelvis it's a hammock, a bowl shape, however you want to picture it. If we flip it and we come up here to the rib cage, we have an inverted bowl shaped muscle dome, which is That's our diaphragm, diaphragm muscle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And so picture this like canister that lives inside of our abdominal cavity Mm -hmm. and that's our pressure system. And so if our diaphragm muscle isn't moving well, or it's stuck too low or it's stuck too high, or we're only breathing with our neck and chest muscles and we're never getting this movement of the diaphragm, guess what else is never moving? This pelvic floor. They should be kind of synchronous here. So we have to start up here with how you breathe and how you incorporate that breath into your daily functions, how you pick up your baby, how do you breathe when you work out or run or whatever, to be able to start to change how our brain utilizes the the pressure system in our abdomen, which includes the pelvic floor. So we start there. And then other things that are absolutely necessary is incorporating proper pressure management, proper diaphragmatic breathing, use of the diaphragm and the abdominals in functional tasks, in workouts, things like that. And then strengthening overall your pelvic floor muscles. If you're core and your glute muscles and your hip muscles are not working well, your pelvic floor is going to save the day. It's going to be like, well, I guess I'll do everything then. Like it's mad because it has to, we can't just let our organs fall out or let whatever, or so it thinks. So it actually does way too much. It gets tighter and clenches and it does the job that all these other guys in the picture should be helping with. So it's kind of a combo of, we got to learn how to breathe and manage the pressures. And we have to improve your functional movement patterns, get you stronger, get you moving, all that fun stuff. So that's like a very high level thing of what we do. Yeah. Well, I think it's really important because especially like in the postpartum period, your body has gone through this metamorphosis. You have all this relax and unborn. Your abdominal muscles, your lumbar muscles have had the stretch of their life. And now all of a sudden you're toting around the baby or a toddler in addition to the baby and you're not engaging your core. I would say almost hundred percent of the time we are not engaging our core. And so, yeah, then that pelvic floor is, and then they wonder why all of a sudden Mm -hmm. we have vaginismus and Mm -hmm. the trait of intercourse is not comfortable and all these other problems that develop. Yes, absolutely. And the funny thing about pregnancy is we need our abs to stretch out. Like they need to stretch out and and accommodate the baby, Mm -hmm. but why are we not working to rehab the postpartum? It's it's like mind blowing to me that it's not standard in our system. It is other places in the world, but not in America. And it's and my, my saying is that if you are leaving the hospital with the baby, you should have a tube of vaginal estrogen and a pelvic floor <laughs> PT referral. <laughs> yes. I love I've it. only I been love to it. one hospital in the DFW area that actually has a PT on staff. It does pelvic floor PT. Which I'll hospital? Tell you later. I'll tell you later. Okay, great. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. You were saying. Okay. No. Yeah. yeah I was just saying that. Those muscles, like you were saying, have become so overstretched and lengthened and any muscle that's either too long or too short can't do its job, right? So you're exactly right that the abs, those abdominal muscles, they just went through a lot. They're overly lengthened. So they're not working yet. You do have a eight, nine, 10 pound thing that you have to pick up all day long. You might have another toddler or two in tow and it's just moms. They got to do it all. But so- Yeah. And that's where we see that pelvic floor. It's just, well, fine. Guess I'll do everything. And And then whenever we don't rehab it and we go through life and now we're perimenopause, menopausal, I feel like that this age group 
don't kill me, ladies. <laughs> Look at me. I've got two heads when I say, we're going to go see the pelvic floor physical therapist. They're a little bit leery, like how in the world is it going to help me at this stage? But it it always surprises me. It is incredibly helpful no matter what stage in life. But if we have urinary incontinence, if we're starting to see some early prolapse, yeah. if we've got vaginismus and a stressful job that we're trying to figure out like what exactly is going on, we can work on that pelvic floor tightness. There's mm-hmm. just so many different aspects in which pelvic floor physical therapy is incredibly helpful because I feel like we really need to highlight that what we're doing is improving the function of the body. And yeah, our musculoskeletal system is carrying us, right? Yeah. <laughs> and literally. so how do we optimize that? Because that those pelvic floor muscles have to be able to contract for incontinence, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't want to be yeah. leaking urine or stool. They have to be able to relax for us to have penetrative intercourse. They have to be able to relax for us to release our urine. And it really has to function in concert. And mm-hmm. so I just don't think it gets enough credit in understanding how it can impact our quality of life. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You're so right. And I think there's always the narrative too of on the one hand, well, you had a baby it's to be expected. Or if we get into the menopausal age, well, your hormones are changing or you have had four kids or you're getting older or whatever the excuse is. Yeah, you're going to have a little prolapse and that's just the name of the game. And here's a surgery or whatever. And it's women just deserve so much more in general, but especially in this realm, because I don't want to dumb it down to say it's so easy to fix a lot of these things, but honestly, it just is. It just The body is incredible when we just move it in the right ways. And when we know how certain functional movement patterns are going to impact muscles, they're going to lengthen the pelvic floor and shorten the pelvic floor. And just by how we do a lunge or do a hinge type movement or things Mm -hmm. like that. So there's so many things that we can be doing to speaking to the menopausal women. We know that those hormones are, those changes are already wreaking havoc on like muscles and just we're losing muscle mass right because of the changes right that doesn't mean we can't hit like maintain and gain with strength training and that's healthy for our bones and so it just has so many kind of whole picture benefits coming to pelvic floor therapy because we're going to make you get stronger because it's going to benefit your pelvic floor symptoms but it's going to do so much more than that too Yes, I couldn't (laughs) agree more. So something I've never, we've had a lot of pelvic floor physical therapists on because I'm a little obsessed, but something that we have never talked about is constipation specifically and things Mm. that you can do to help relieve constipation. Because that's also something that we see in midlife, not to mention pregnancy. I mean, come on, but (laughs) what, what, what kind of approach do you take with helping people with that? Ooh, I love this question. There's so many ways that we can intervene here Um, outside of us always wanting to perform an internal exam. If it's okay with the patient, of course, that will kind of give us our information mechanically on Does your pelvic floor even relax to let stool out? It might not be, but we're also going to ask you funny questions. Like, do you push when you poop? Do Mm -hmm. you feel like you fully empty? Do you use a squatty body? So we're going to get into the nitty gritty of mechanics. How do you poop? And we ask these questions that make people giggle sometimes, but we have to go into these questions. Cause if I just said, tell me about pooping, 
they're not going to know what I need to hear or even they're going to be like, oh, it's fine. So we get into all those questions. And then as far as like intervention is concerned, things we may recommend sometimes, depending on the people, a magnesium supplement. So that's going to be huge. Specifically, we like to recommend one that has citrate. I love glycinate. Yeah, but we're, I always, we always recommend magnesium glycinate or L-theranate. Those are both really yes, good. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And so that's just going to help with just the muscle tone of, well, everything in the body. And it's going to help move the poop along. Mm-hmm. We also recommend we get people on bowel routines in the morning. So we have this cool thing, this reflex that happens mainly in the mornings after breakfast that stimulates our bowels. And so Mm -hmm. we like to use breakfast as a good way to to utilize this naturally occurring reflex. Mm -hmm. We like to have breakfast, have a warm liquid. I love my coffee, but preferably caffeine can sometimes be more of a bowel irritant. So Mm. side note, if you need coffee to poop, you're constipated and we can do some things like coffee is a great thing, but we shouldn't rely on it to poop. But a warm liquid like lemon water or something with your breakfast could be really helpful. We teach a bowel massage. It's a very simple like self-massage. It's called the I love you massage. And that after breakfast paired with some like rotational movements that we might give you, like you can just lay on the floor and do some rotations here or go for a walk. So this kind of morning bowel routine, we'll kind of have them implement And then hopefully they get that reflex of, oh, I got to go poop, right? And so Mm -hmm. then on the toilet, what we'll teach is use a squatty potty or some sort of stool to Mm -hmm. elevate your feet because putting Mm -hmm. your knees higher and wider than the level of your hips, that actually is going to tell a very important muscle in your pelvic floor to let go. Mm -hmm. It's called your puborectalis muscle. And so just by changing where your knees are relative to your hip, yeah, your hips, that muscle that kinks off your rectum is going to let go. And so anything that it was clenching onto, it'll let go and making your rectum more of a straight tube. So we're going to promote that because it's then the poop can just, I always say just slide out and just slide out. And we're going to teach you, you don't, you shouldn't be pushing your poop out, but there are ways to use your core muscles and your breath. Mm -hmm. Again, we're going to come back to the breath to help kind of that pressure along while not putting so much downward force onto your pelvic floor muscles, because anything that puts downward pressure, it's going to freak out and tense up instead, because it doesn't, the pelvic floor doesn't want something pushing down on it at all times. So those are kind of some of the heavy hitters that we'll work on with constipation is what are your lifestyle? What does your lifestyle look like? What does your breakfast and your mornings look like? What supplements are you on? Some self manipulation techniques to the gut, toileting habits, things like that and mechanics, a whole bunch of things. And then of course, like manual therapy to affect the pelvic floor. (laughs) Right. Yeah. These are really practical tips that anyone Mm -hmm. can kind of look at in their daily life or even Mm -hmm. recognize that, oh, that I only have that when I have coffee. Mm -hmm. Maybe I am. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That's your crutch. You're having to use the stimulant to Mm -hmm. get the poop out instead of your body naturally saying poop time. And it just, it should be very easy. It should look like a snake. It shouldn't be hard balls. You know, you should feel fully emptied and it should be happening one to three times a day, to be honest. So, (laughs) okay. Okay. So Mm -hmm. if I were leery about pelvic floor physical therapy, okay. Then Mm -hmm. my doctor said I need to come see the pelvic floor physical therapist, but I mean, I don't really know about all that. 
what would you say? What's your selling point? I know you're very passionate about this. Yes, yes, absolutely. So I just want to validate anyone who does have that feeling. If I wasn't in this field and didn't know what I know, I mean, I used to be nervous going to the gynecologist. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm fine. I don't really want to go. So I get it and it's valid and it's new and it's something that you've probably never heard of. Our moms and grandmas didn't talk about anything having to do with the pelvic floor, let alone gynecology or anything. And so just validating first that, yeah, it can be a scary, nervous thing because you've never done it and it's different and it's new and that's okay, but you can do hard things, right? And you'll be in great hands is what I would say. And what we're going to do, we're going to listen to you, the patient, first and foremost, we would never do anything that made you uncomfortable. Um, If you didn't want us to do an internal exam, we don't have to do an internal exam. If you are open to it, we're going to explain it to high heaven, girl. Like we tell you everything we're doing 5 million times. We get your consent throughout the process. We're going to be telling you kind of what you're going to be feeling, why we're doing things, checking in to make, hey, does this hurt? Are you okay? And just making an all around interactive and educational experience. So that way it's not something to be feared. It's something that you can walk away and be like, well, that wasn't that bad. In fact, that was really cool. I learned how a lot about my my muscles are or something. Yeah. 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 Well, I think it's really important too that patients realize that when they come to see the gynecologist, they expect an internal Mm -hmm. exam. When Mm -hmm. they're coming to physical therapy, they're like, wait a minute, you want to do what? Right. So I think it's really important to know that y'all aren't using a speculum. Mm. It's not super invasive. It's a one gloved digit that is going to feel those pelvic floor muscles, perhaps with moving the hip and immobility to Mm -hmm. kind of see where the pain is. So it is this feedback mechanism. You've got to hear from the patient. Does this hurt? Does Mm -hmm. this feel better, et cetera, but it's just one digit. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, yeah, that's a really good point. It's way smaller than even a penis. A finger is way small. I'm like, if you're having intercourse, then Mm. this is going to be nothing. Now, if you're having pain with intercourse, that can spark some more fears, right? So the language we use around things is this is much smaller than that, or even someone with true vaginismus that can't even insert a tampon or something. We absolutely would never force anything. Um, And there's also just so much more that we can look at that for someone with significant vaginismus, Honestly, we're going to be dressing the nervous system first and foremost, rather than just trying to muscle our way through a mad pelvic floor. That's not going to be any good anyway. So, right. Absolutely. Well, I think that you have highlighted some really helpful tips and tricks. And I want everybody to know that this is not direct medical advice. This is just medical education, just to empower you to know what's available for you. Because when I moved back to Dallas, Fort Worth area eight, nine years ago, there was like maybe one pelvic floor PT, but it has grown dramatically in recent years. And I'm so happy for women's health Mm -hmm. (laughs) that we have options now for pelvic floor PT. Absolutely. Yeah. It's definitely exploding over the past, even like even the past two years, three years. I mean, Mm -hmm. it is just popping up everywhere, which is yay. Go women's health. Like you said, it's just so exciting that, that finally, especially I'm proud of my field of physical therapy. I'm like, finally, we're stepping up and using skills that we know about orthopedics and biomechanics and movement analysis right. and applying it to something so niche as 
pelvic floor and women's health. Like it's just very fun and cool. And I'm proud, honestly, uh, of my profession. (laughs) Yeah, you should be and proud of your growth. I mean, I'm just so excited to know you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I think that the audience will really enjoy this episode. Oh my gosh. This was so fun. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Until next week, be well. All right, Sky community. Thank you for listening to another episode. This episode was sponsored by Sky Women's Health. As a reminder, we're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and we help relieve back pain and pelvic pain in pregnancy and beyond. If you are pregnant and having pain and you feel like you have no reliable way to relieve it, look us up at skywomenshealth.com, request an appointment, and we'll call to get you scheduled. As a board-certified OB-GYN with a Neuromusculoskeletal Medicine Fellowship, I help you realign with hands-on drug-free treatment and relieve pain on the spot without medication. We'll help you maintain these results through your pregnancy and postpartum period. Every pregnant person deserves this, and we are so excited to serve you. You can find us on our website, as mentioned, or on social at Sky Women's Health, or you can call the office at 817-915-9803. That's it for today. Until next week, be well.